Welcome, welcome to LMB Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Mystery from Learning and Engagement. Today we get to hear from Dennis Sacco, SVP and Director of Operational Risk for the organization. He unveils the risky side of our business for sales, operations, finance, you name it, there's risk involved. But in this lifting of the curtain, he also explains how we can mitigate that risk at the very start of a project's life cycle and all throughout, as well as his role in that mitigation process. And you know the line, great kid, don't get cocky? Well, it makes a whole lot more sense after you hear what Dennis has to say about collaboration throughout the audit process. And if you don't know what movie that's from, well, you will in a bit. Let's get started, shall we? Dennis, thanks for joining me today to dive into the world of risk. Happy to be here, Katie. Let's start with how do you define operational risk? Okay, operational risk. So every single project has an element of risk to it. Um, I, I think operations teams, you know, the, the object objective is to identify the risk as early mm-hmm. as possible. Um, and then take, once we, once we have the risk identified and acknowledged, we know there's risk in, involved, we need to take some steps to, to minimize it or mitigate it because it doesn't go away on its own. Okay. So there's a lot of, you know, most people think uh, risk starts with the construction operation itself. Um, I think it actually starts long before we actually start the operational pursuit. So before we start a sales pursuit, that's when the risk really starts. Interesting. And we, have to identi- we have to identify the right project. And I've learned through mistakes uh, in my yeah. career that a lot of times the, the, we select the wrong project. So. Wow. Okay. So that definition makes sense. And I think it does get to the importance of it because it's it's not just a one and done kind of thing. It's it could be throughout the entire life cycle. Um, is that definition what has driven you to dedicate your career to this? I mean, that the importance of it. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So dedicating my career to to, to operational <laughs> risk. risk I, you know, I, I don't think when I started my career as a project manager, I, I thought of of that. Um, in that way, but I think every again every project management team, you know, deals with risk on a daily basis. That's mm-hmm. I mean that's the the nature of the business we're in. There's there's risk in safety. There's certainly risk in operational, um, you know, operational execution. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's uh it's a fun business. It's a fun business, but you have to be cognizant that there are risks in every single project. And again, it's, how do we identify them? Um, and how do we address them? They, again, they just do not go away on their own. I can't stress that enough. We have to yeah. identify them. And the more people you can involve to mitigate a risk on a project, the better the outcome I've seen. Okay. So it's, not, it's not like we can wish them away, you're saying? No, they don't. We can't sweep them under the rug. Darn um, it. They, they, they don't go away on their own. Um, you know, and, and as, a, as a project team, it's, you know, I, I, and I've been there. You, you take pride in, you know, delivering a project on time, on budget, on schedule, mm-hmm. et cetera. It's, it's not, it, it's okay to reach out for help when you have an issue because people will help you. And the more people, the more minds you can get to solve an issue, a problem on a project, 
again, the better the outcome is. And, and maybe not the better the outcome, but at least there's acknowledgement, there's more hands-on to help right. to help minimize that risk. Right. And, and we do have a risk management workflow. I'm not sure if our listeners are familiar with it, but it can be found on the internet by just searching for those words um, or just risk management reference deck. Can you walk us through that workflow and, and what are the specific pieces and parts of operational risk that individuals and operations should know about? Sure. So as I mentioned, it starts at the beginning, you know, really at a, yeah. at a sales pursuit. Um, you know, someone once told me that some of the best jobs are the ones we don't get because mm-hmm. they're tough. And, and if we get a, if we qualify the project properly, um, and again, there's going to be risks in any project, right. but if we qualify it, we know that risk up front, we qualify it, we do it right. So it's, it really does start at the beginning at the sales. The sales team really needs to look out for the right projects with the right customers. Mm-hmm. What is our sweet spot, et cetera. Um, then we go in, once we get into really, once we have the project pre-planning, we, mm-hmm. we need to pre-plan as much as possible. Um, and I can't stress that enough. The team gets together, pre-plans the project, you know, builds the, which really leads into the next, you know, line item, if you will, is a schedule. If we right. pre-plan, we build a schedule that best suits how we want to build the job to best um, enhance our profitability, our labor productivity. I think that puts us in the best position and we present that to the customer up front and, you know, sometimes they want to dictate the schedule, but if we can push back and and show them why, you know, our schedule benefits the project, I think they can still, they'll see that um, from day one, you know, it it really is a benefit. Yeah. A a new process we have uh, this year in 2020 is called the baseline meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, The baseline meeting really is really a replacement for the old peer review process in RPS. Okay. Um, so this is something that the, the project team really puts a lot of time and effort into digging into the, into the project, looking for the risks and the opportunities, um, identifying where we have labor savings, estimating savings, uh, re- kind of going through everything from the beginning to the end, really deep diving on the labor. And really what, the, what they're doing is they present this, the project back to management to mm-hmm. Um, on a, on a, they're really identifying what, what should the profit be in their eyes. They've, they've ripped through the labor. So from an, an estimate, we've, you know, we come up with a certain labor productivities. We come up with the GP that we think is, is uh, real on the project. But now that the team is going to present that back to management. And, and after presenting that to management, there's a reconciliation of what the GP, what the margin should be on the project. And we're also setting a profit share um, profit share program within those bonus opportunity within the project itself. Wait, have they even stepped foot onto a job site yet? No, this was done long before the project has even started. Wow. So we're doing all of these steps to mitigate risk before we even. Before we even start on the project. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If we we have, if, if we're doing the labor, if we're hitting the job without pre-planning, when we're not, we're going to make some mistakes. There's no question about it. So, wow. Okay, so what's next? What comes after the? Um, so that's the, that's the you know, and during the baseline meeting uh, process, again, BIM is is probably happening as well. Mm-hmm. BIM usually is one of the first things that starts, so we, we'll look at that during the the pre planning process. But you know, it's really important for us to get this done right. Um, yeah. We have to make sure our systems are you know coordinated in a in the most efficient way for us to be productive, and sometimes that doesn't always happen. Um, 
Sometimes we get pushback from other trades. Sometimes we get pushback from the customer. Mm-hmm. But we really need to to ensure that our our systems are laid out the most efficient way for us to make to make money. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, and and you know, there's a lot of changes during that time, and sometimes it can it can be time consuming. Yeah. Um, but we have to push the schedule to get, and when I say schedule, push the BIM schedule to get mm-hmm. closure on on those documents because sometimes if I've seen where we're installing uh, pipe or duct before we have a sign off. And that generally ends up being a problem because mm-hmm. the schedule is dictating that we have to be in. But sometimes the coordination process is slowed down because of architectural changes, engineering changes, things that we really can't control. When we can't control those, we have to put the customer on notice and say, hey, look, mm. there's, there's risk involved in us installing pipe, duct, walls, ceiling, walls uh, without signed off drawings. And that happens, but we have to make sure we document that, again, preserving our risk. Right, uh, right. You know, covering our risk on that, mitigating it. Yeah. So it's communicating. It's communicating with, you know, the client to make you sure. Can't, I can't stress you can't communicate enough. Yeah. Right. We see that in everyday world communication. It's not just an email either. You know, pick Ugh. up the phone. You know, I, I've often heard people you mean say, really well, talk I, to somebody. Yes. <laughs> well, well, I sent I sent them an email. Well, that doesn't mean the issue is resolved because you oh, sent man. them an email if, if it hasn't been closed out and communicated properly. So. That's a, that's a pet peeve of mine. Well, I sent yeah. an email. Okay, well, did you get a reply? No, communication. <laughs> so that's a good point, Katie. Thanks. Yeah. You know, and then really come, um, you know, we talk about, you know, a deep dive of the labor at, at 30% complete. Um, and it's really at 30% complete. You really want you, to, you've, you've, you have a pulse of how the job is going to go at 30%. Hmm, okay. So if you take a deep dive, you understand how labor is going. You've gotten over the learning curve of, you know, of the site. It's new. Um, obviously, every job site is new, um, new people coming on board. But by 30%, you probably have the crew that you're going to have until, you know, 70%, 80%, for example. Mm-hmm. So you have a good pulse on it. So if you take a deep dive, you're going to understand how productivity is going. And and take a look. Are we hitting the productivities and, and that we set out in the estimate or per the baseline? Right. And, you know, how is our how, how are we tracking on the profit for the end of the job? Are we still tracking to make the margin? the profit that we, we set out for? Are we looking at the labor productivity goals? If not, if the labor productivity goals aren't being met, what can we do to improve them? If they are being met and we're exceeding them, how can we continue that? So that's mm-hmm. 30 point, 30% uh, point is a good- Is that a meeting? Really it is a meeting. So okay. it's, it's a, it's a um, really you want to think of, of a, as a monthly project review, Yeah. but it, it's a really, it's a deep dive. So okay. monthly project reviews, you know, on a, on a larger job can be anywhere, you know, an hour to two. This one is really a, a bigger, it's a lot longer. It could be a full day. Uh, it involves, you know, site walk by the project team. Oh, okay. Um, the foreman's involved. So you really take a look at the site and then you go back to the job site trailer or office, wherever the case may be, and then really take a deep dive. It, it's, it's important to actually see the site conditions. Yeah. Um, periodically through the job, you know, obviously a project manager, he or she is out there quite a bit. Um, but from an outsider, you know, from my perspective, it's nice to be able to see the site. Um, you see things that the project teams don't. So being able to walk that project at that point in the 30%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, if it's 35%, 28%, it's, it's in that neighborhood, you kind of get a good feel of it. You see how the customer is, is um, building the job. I see. And you can, you know, you can foresee some issues potentially coming down the road or where they're working with us. Does the project manager initiate that meeting or is, 
this just naturally part of the flow? Like the team knows that they have to do this. That'd be great if everyone knew that they had to do <laughs> okay. this. It just automatically got scheduled. So um, it's it's really the operations team, the operations right. manager really needs to work with uh, and, and work with myself included. You know, I'm trying to track all those projects that you know that we deem are, are high risk that really need yeah. to be to do that deep dive thirty percent review. Um, but there's there's a there's a process and and uh, at, it's really at thirty percent. Just a request could be a BM request. It doesn't have to be at thirty percent too. So if we do a thirty percent um, deep dive, you know, I think deep dive should almost happen, you know, almost quarterly. Mm-hmm. Really, kind of take a look, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a full day. But I think we need to continue to pulse in on the jobs, and and it just brings everybody's attention. You know, the project teams are running so fast. Um, they, they're trying to keep up with schedule, keep up with changes. Uh, there's a lot that this business asks of the project teams. So sometimes, you know, periodically to take a step back yeah. and have some someone else, another set of eyes help them. It's really just helping them. They regroup and they really see the project in different, mm-hmm. from a different viewpoint. And, and it gives them some perspective. It's, it's really, you know, it's, it's really like our EOS process. You know, we have quarterly offsite meetings. You can almost think of it in that fashion. If you do it on a quarterly basis, you, you reset your, your rocks yep. and you kind of, um, you start fresh. And I think it give a good perspective for the project teams. Makes perfect sense. And then I guess we're going to go into the, kind of the last piece is close out. Um, I've always said, I think close out really starts during pre-planning starts at the beginning of the project. Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's really making sure, you know, we, we've, we have, you know, we've purchased the right materials. We've purchased the right equipment. Uh, we have approvals on it. We have approvals on, on, you know, coordination drawings are signed off. You know, we're collecting our O and M manuals. We have a good QAQC process. If we have a good QAQC, if, if that process is, is from the beginning, good QAQC process all the way through the end, through the construction phase, we're going to get our final payment. The systems are going to work, yeah. Um, you know, as as installed, and that's important that we we do our part. Um, if we if we don't have design intent, you know, uh, um, responsibility on it, then we're installing as per the documents. But we we QAQC it. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps us, you know, with closeout. We want to minimize punch list. Um, I don't. I, I haven't met a foreman that likes punch list. Um, they don't like to go back and, and do work. And want to, you know, we only get paid to install it. I once. can only imagine. Yeah, that doesn't sound nice. No. So you know, the, the better we QAQC the process, you know, and, and think of, a, of a, that mindset of closing out from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think the better off we are. We get paid quicker. Uh, change orders get resolved quicker. Um, yeah. If we do our our part, then I think uh, the customer doesn't have any reason not to pay us our final closeout and, uh, and close out our change orders. Wow. The, the thing about this workflow is that there's so much here. <laughs> it's, it's kind of overwhelming. I think I would think that it's more manageable when it's broken down, when you take those, you know, quarterly bird's eye view sessions, right, um, throughout the project. Or, I mean, even weekly, what, what specific items should the ops team talk about on their weekly L10s to make sure they're addressing these things and staying on track? Sure. Um, well, of course, every meeting is going to start with safety, right? right. So we want, the, we want the project team or the operations teams to really kind of review any safety incidents they've had in the past week, um, but also now be proactive about what's upcoming, what kind of high-risk safety activities are coming up in the next week or two. You know, let's get that on the radar of the branch safety director 
to let he or she provide help to the project team to, uh, uh, to mitigate, again, whatever safety risks are on that project to do the incident you know, ahead of time. So I think that's important that we, we, we do that. Um, I think, so I'm gonna go high level schedule, yeah. man, manpower, um, labor productivity, change orders, and okay. cash. So not every one of these topics is gonna go into great detail um, at every L10, but I think they have to be touched at least you know, in some fashion. Again, mm -hmm. if, if, if people have been part of an L10 meeting, you'll know sometimes it's a, a 30 second IDS on, on a particular topic, or it could be, you know, yeah. you could have the whole meeting could be dedicated to that one specific topic. Right. And it's really, it's, it's what, the, what are the issues with it? If there's no issues with the schedule, then okay, let's move on to the next topic. But I think those are, those are the important ones for, uh, for the teams to think about. Okay. I, so the more often they're talking about these things, even if it is 30 seconds, um, the better, right? Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. So it's almost we just over-communicating. Yeah, it's over exactly. How are change orders going? So, you know, for example, let's, let's stick with change orders. Yeah. If we have a change order that's been hanging out there for quite a while, does the project team need to elevate it to the operations manager or to the branch manager? Mm -hmm. Um, or even higher up. Again, the more I mentioned early on when we started this conversation about getting other people involved. That's the more people we can get involved when, when needed, you know, to to help elevate something or to just put it in front of the customer. When's yeah. the last time you met with the change order process? Could be just when's the last time you you reviewed the contract summary letter with them? Oh well, I tried to review it last week with so and so, but they were out sick, or you know, they were on PTO. Okay, well, let's get it this week. So, yeah, again, or I sent an email and they didn't I sent respond. an email, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you picked up on that little yeah, question of mine. Yeah, seems so important. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so speaking of risk, about halfway through the show, I try to get to know our interviewees a bit more with a totally random gamer question. I promise it's somewhat related to risk. Okay, you, of course, are no exception to this um, random game. Um, we're going to play Would You Rather. Have you heard of it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I can sense your apprehension here. I'm, I'm, just to reiterate, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'll have two options, and you have to choose one of them and share why you chose it, okay? Sure. All right, here we go. Would you rather... Would you rather be the first person to explore a planet or be the inventor of a drug that cures a deadly disease. Let's just say coronavirus. <laughs> just throwing that in there. That's per perfect timing, right? So, yeah, I know. Um, so it's a really, this is actually an easy one for me. Um, is it? Yes, it is. Um, although, uh, let me preface it. So I'm a huge sci-fi fan. Okay. I'm a Star Wars guy. I love, nice. I love the Star right. Wars. Um, my family and I have been to Disney many, many times. But the last time we went to Disney, when I was on Space Mountain, and my kids are in their 20s, by the way, so you know yeah. this. But, but yeah. Space Mountain, I said, I think this is probably the last time I could go on Space Mountain. What? Dennis. Yeah, so, so I don't know how my journey to space would, would, would go. <laughs> um, no, Maybe one you don't come back from. but <laughs> Exactly. But seriously, I think an inventor of a drug to cure a deadly disease would be, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, both I think, are awesome. They're, they're both awesome. But I mean, I, you know, when you think about, and I think everyone has been touched in some way, some family member, some friend with some kind of disease that's, you know, either unfortunately, you know, yeah. taken their life. Um, mm -hmm. If you could cure that and, and to take the pain away from that individual person or the family, 
I think would be really something special. I think that would be so rewarding. So yeah. that'd, be my, that'd be my pick. Yeah, see, it's almost unfair. You know, the inventor of this would you rather question didn't know COVID was going to be a thing. <laughs> so it's almost unfair that I ask this now in this context. But my point in, in asking it was to kind of get to know you a little bit more. And now we learned that you're a Star Wars fan. It's awesome. Um, and, and I'm up to date on The Mandalorian. Nice. Okay, good. We got to make sure everyone else is too that's listening. Um, and, and that there's risk in either of those actions. There, there's a lot of risk in those. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's risk. I mean, look at the, you know, the drug trials, how long those take, oh, right? Gosh, and we're we're seeing it today, right? The, you know, yeah. uh, it is amazing. So, but I okay. think that'd be really cool. Okay, good. Good to know. Now back to business. Um, another aspect of your job is auditing, right? Yes. And, and I think when people hear that word, a shiver of fear <laughs> runs through them. Um, is that shiver warranted? Can you explain the audit process? Yeah, sure. Um, no, it's not warranted. Um, okay, it, it, it's really not. Um, you know, the role is, it's not, it's not a gotcha role. That's not the intent of, of, yeah. of my role. It's, it's really trying to be a proactive role. Um, again, I mentioned earlier, an outside perspective looking at a project trying yeah. to help the project teams identify and again identify these processes are identifying the risks and, and helping the project teams mitigate them I've, I've been a project manager i've been an ops manager mm-hmm. and a branch manager so i've seen the different levels um, right. of risk associated with it and the different levels of project management you know in, the, in those three different roles so i think from there um, we can you know come up with some different coaching ideas training mentoring um, a lot of times I think we've seen that someone doesn't necessarily know the, the process itself or how to do a certain activity. So it comes down to training. So I think if we can take a step back and, and you know, my role can help identify those areas and obviously yeah. work with you on, on some of them, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. that training and the coaching and the mentoring and, how, and work with the project team, um, again, to, you know, provide some kind of second set of eyes. I know, again, as in those other roles that I was in in the past, I think having that second set of eyes um, is definitely beneficial. Yeah. And I've been kind of surprised. um, Well, we have a lot of tools out there that will help with, you know, mitigating risk and um, making sure we're staying on track. So that way that auditing process is not as scary as it seems. And when you do come on board, you're just saying, hey, yeah, this is done really well, but maybe we need to work on this. And so it's a balanced review right absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely and and what I was going to say earlier is I've been kind of surprised to know that not everyone knows about one of those tools that could help with this process um the company portal so what is the portal and how should our ops teams use it sure so I've actually had that same surprise too because I was actually out yeah. at a monthly a monthly uh, project review went to the job site did a uh, you know the walk it was almost a deep dive mm-hmm and talking about the portal and people didn't know how to access the portal. So mm-hmm. I was actually trying to provide some. So what the portal is really, it was, it was, it started out for the operations team um, mm-hmm. as a place to go to record uh, monthly project review documentation, okay. um, really kind of an agenda workflow for them to go through and um, just keep on track on the monthly project review. So keeping track of, you know, you can go in there, you can get different cost reports, um, we can go in there and get contract summary letters, variance reports. Now it's taken the next step, um, and the AR process is, is in there now. So on the weekly 
cash calls. We're using that from an AR perspective. So finance is using it. Oh, okay. And, um, yes. And you can, so you can run whip reports as well. Um, we can That's actually great. run some sales reports in there now. So it's really taken any report, not any report. There's, there's only certain limited reports, but out of, from Vista that a project team can go in without having to go through the dial up of the VPN. And if we, if we can get the project teams to go in there and use them, it's, it's more efficient. It's easier yeah. to go in there and look at them. And I think finance is actually starting to use it for the accrual process as well. Cool. So it's all, we're kind of pulling from all these different platforms, software platforms that we've been using into one space for each of these teams, right? That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, and we're continuing to look at enhancing and adding to the portal for, you know, for future use as well. Mm-hmm. And we do have a link to the portal via the internet. So in case, you know, one of our listeners doesn't know, you can get to it um, through that. And, and who should they, do you know who should, they should contact if they don't have something set up or if they want to set their account up? Should they just talk to their ops manager first? You know, I would probably think an IT help desk request would okay. probably be the best way to go, Katie. Good um, call. Yeah. And I, you know, just to, you know, as an FYI, you know, Mike McCann and I go mm-hmm. through the portal every, every Friday morning, Ooh, seven okay. o'clock. We do our project audits. It's, it's a high level review of, of different uh, levels of the project. We're looking at variance reports and we're, we're looking at uh, certain cost reports and it's, um, so we go in there, we use it. It's easy. It's an easy way to, for, uh, mm-hmm. for us to quickly download the, you know, the different cost reports and, and yeah. uh, variance reports that we want to look at for each branch. So. Okay. All right. So if you're not using it, you should start using it. Is what start you're using it. Exactly. Okay. It's Good to know. It's easy. Public service announcement. All right. Um, I think a summary is in order here. Uh, so we're kind of running out of time, but I want to make sure we get to this. Um, we have a heat map that that shows us who needs to approve what step you know what do we do in the normal course of business what are the pursuits that may be appropriate but are riskier than normal business and then which projects are not part of our strategy but we may want to consider on an exception basis right so we have that green yellow red um you don't need to go into detail here but what qualifies as risk as part of that heat map so what kind of risky things could our people be engaging in? Um, yeah, sure. So, I mean, working with a customer that we've worked with in the past, you know, we have a good working relationship mm-hmm. with that treats us fairly, uh, that maybe we have come to agreeable contract terms with them to make it easier for the next project. Um, you know, they're, they're good on payment. They run a good schedule. So from a customer standpoint, there's, there's that aspect of it. Um, you know, labor. And when I say labor, it's, it's a project that we've done in the past, right? So we, we're comfortable okay. with that project. It's a sweet spot for the branch. They've done a lot of these different projects. Um, it's, it's in their wheelhouse. It's maybe what we're known for in the marketplace. Okay. So something that we've done repetitively uh, with success. Um, trying to think what else it would be from a, you know, Again, it's, it's a project sweet spot. You know, some of the high risk items, maybe it, maybe a, a higher risk would be, we haven't worked with this customer in the past. Okay. Um, it might be a good project for us from a, a operational standpoint, but we just haven't worked with this customer. So that's something right. that we would want to talk about from a risk standpoint. So you're, you're keeping an eye on that. Yes, we're keeping an eye on that's kind of where you would probably get into. So then, so the green is really where a branch is really comfortable working with the, that, 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 project, the mm-hmm. project team, you know, the, the size of the contract, the size of the work. Gotcha. Um, it's within our jurisdiction if we're in the union market. Um, and then the, the next like yellow, really, 
is where we would identify certain elements that we need to discuss. As I just mentioned, we've only worked with this customer. We haven't worked right. with this customer in the past. It's maybe it's a, you know, maybe a branch hasn't done a hospital and now they want to get into the hospital work. Well, that's a, that's a bigger risk if you haven't done that work in the past. So that's something that would be quote unquote red flagged and, and open for discussion mm-hmm. on, on one of the weekly uh, sales calls on, on, on Friday mornings that we have just to kind of identify those risks. And then, you know, the branch would be responsible to identify the risks that are on the project, again, from a high level. We're not at this point in the sales pursuit, it's not a deep dive of what are the risks, but it's the risk of, okay, it's a new project. We don't have a project manager. We do. And kind of identify that to Charlie and Mike so they can get comfortable with it, present Mm -hmm. that to them that, okay, we do have these risks, but here's how we're going to mitigate the the risks. Okay. And and the last one is a red. That's an exception. I don't know. That's a tough one. (laughs) If it's in the no fly zone, it's a, it's a, that's a tough one that you, to really sell on, uh, you know, how we can, if it's gone through the initial go, no go as, and it's yeah. red, I, I don't see how we should pursue it, you but it's really, really trying to help. It. It, yeah. It's trying to help set up some guardrails for the branches and to, for the sales teams to, um, to stay within. I mean, could it be that the, that it's maybe a lot of money and maybe it's something that's kind of out of our purview or something we haven't done before and that could make it red? It, it could, it could be a higher, yes, it could be a, um, the value of the contract could be higher than the branches used to, branches mm-hmm. accustomed to. So again, not to say that the project would go forward, it just has yeah. to take some level steps, um, you know, for approval. How would you address that as a branch? Right. You know, how are you going to mitigate that, that risk of the contract size? Is there different things you can do? You know, if you thought of maybe joint venturing with somebody, if you thought of subcontracting work, mm. there's, there's different, again, that converse, that, that conversation comes up um, in, in, in how to, if we really want to pursue that, you know, pursue right. that. Maybe it's, it could be red because it, it, it checks off, you know, nine of the 10 boxes, so to speak. But the one that it's really is, is a plus is it's an owner direct project or yeah. it's an owner that we've done a lot of work with and we want to continue to expand that. Or this yeah. is maintenance. So agreement. It's so how, how, yes, it's a little nuances. So we don't just say no, it's a, it's a matter of taking yeah. a look at it from. Okay. So, I mean, what's nice to know about, you know, through this whole conversation, it's really become clear to me that the branch branch teams are not on their own throughout this process. That's why, you know, the COO role exists and that's why your role exists to make sure that they're supported in acknowledging and mitigating risks where they can. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really the point of it. Again, I've lived in the in the branch manager role for I think it was almost nine years. And mm-hmm. it's nice to have, you know, someone else because you're 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 trying to do the best you can for the business. But again, sometimes, uh, you know, yeah. just in general people, sometimes we don't see the forest through the trees. And that's, right. uh, sometimes we just need that second set of eyes to help us. And, you know, I like to think that's where my role comes into play. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I have one last question for you. Uh-oh. It's, it's time for our curveball question, which is one that you have not seen ahead of time. Okay. Um, it's another fun one. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could have dinner, totally random again. If you could have dinner with one or two people, dead or alive, who would they be? All right, this is pre-COVID now, right? Okay. Pre-COVID, of course, okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, I'm going to, Elvis Presley would be one. 
Ooh, why? I think, I think I think he'd be fun. I'd like his music first of all, and I think he'd be fun to to have dinner with. I think he'd be quite the character. He I'd totally be, would be. He'd be quite the character. So I think you could have some good laughs uh, yeah. over that dinner. Um, and I don't know the names of these people, I guess, but so we 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 had the good fortune at the end of 2019 as a family to go to Italy, oh, and okay. uh, into into January, and um, just seeing the, the you know all the different buildings, you know the Colosseum. Wow. Just, just some. I'd love to sit and have a conversation with one of the architects or the engineers who built those, just to pick their brain because it's absolutely amazing. I, I, I have no idea how they did that. That work. Oh man, it's it's amazing. That stuff that really so intrigues cool. me. It, that'd be really cool to talk to them about. You know, how, how did you do that? How do you even think of that? Seriously, I mean, that took such ingenuity. Absolutely. Oh, the Vatican. How did you? You know, how did you do what you did? It's uh that's really cool. So wow. that'd be my, that'd be my, my two anyway. And if- Thank you so much. This has been super informative. It's been, I think, really timely with all the risk out there these days due to the many things outside of our control. So thanks, Dennis, for taking the time to explain this. Happy to help, Katie. Thank you. Whether or not you're a sci-fi fan, this risk business is no mythical reality, and we need to be on the lookout for what can cause us the most risk. The good news is, you are not alone in that endeavor, and who would have thunk it? Auditing is not as scary as it seems. You are in good hands with our risk management group, but let's do everyone a favor and keep working hard to catch would-be issues early. Oh, and by the way, the heat map and workflow mentioned today can be found on our intranet site if you'd like to take a look. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on LMB Podcast.